We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too good. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, hopefully. Welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and GSPN. I am Ty Windish, one of your hosts. Okay, we are live. I just saw it update. A little bit of issue with the stream, but it's okay. Rohan, the only time that matters now is Dame time. Rohan Kadi, my co-host, sir, how is it going? I, I am elated, Ty. I am elated. <laughs> First of all, the Bucks started their season. How can you not be happy about it? Yeah. Second, what did we just watch? No, like, <laughs> I'm I'm still trying to process and fathom what just happened because you know obviously we're we're doing this live uh, for anyone listening later we are doing this live right, like almost immediately after the game ended and it's it's just going through my head like how how far this team has sort of come like how different this team is compared to what it was last season by the way change for the better by the way the Bucks have two superstars. They don't have one star and a great, uh, you know, all-star supporting cast. They have two freaking superstars. Damian Lillard, Ty, that was one. I, I didn't have high expectations for this debut. I said on our preview pod with Adam and Jordan that I wouldn't be surprised if this kind of started off slow. If it kind of, uh, you know, it, it took a while for Dame to get acclimated and sort of get used to playing in a new city for a new franchise, for a new coach, uh, with new players around him trying to fit into a contender. Uh, yeah, just go out there and put up the most points ever in your Bucks debut. Easy. Break Terry Cummings' record. The come uh, man. Yeah, easy. Just just, just go and smash that record. And by the way, do it in clutch fashion by with just putting the game away with a step back ISO three and then two free throws to seal the deal. Just magical magical tie it was the fourth most points by any player in a team debut all time per espn stats and info that jordan tresky dropped into our into our chat i also see jordan or into our in our, our discord chat i also see jordan in the youtube chat asking about robin lopez we'll get to robin lopez way later 
First, I ask facetiously, do the Bucks have two superstars, Rohan, or they just have one? They they have two. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Because <laughs> uh, uh, while Dame had the performance of a lifetime, it was not, not the best thing we've ever seen from Giannis. But uh, yeah. Let's 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 focus on the good first, and that's just one. The Bucks starting off this season with a W, uh, undefeated, never lost in the Damian Lillard. There we go. Did you tweet it yet? I did. I okay, did. good. Uh, and just, I don't know what else you could ask for. Like we have to, we have to talk about Dame. We have to talk about Dame. So in the first quarter, I, I don't, I don't remember what did he get that that three in the first quarter. And it's like kind of slow. And then all of a sudden you go out there and you put up 17 points in the second quarter, sort of like, okay, now it's a here to your turn, my turn sort of situation. Giannis sort of dominating the ball in the first quarter. Giannis gets his rest. Dame's like, okay, showtime. And he puts on a show, puts up 17 in that second quarter. And you just see the offense being so free flowing. You see, I've never seen a Bucks offense run like this time. I've never seen like, I, I think, I think we might've, I, personally, I might have underestimated how Damian Lillard's going to affect an offense because we totally underestimated Dame. I, I think we didn't want to. I don't know. I think there's just like a Bucks fan thing to always expect like the most underwhelming, but he's so much better than we could have even hoped. It, it truly, he's truly so good. Was. It's like on, because he's been on these Blazers teams that haven't done a whole lot. And it's it's sort of led to a discourse of like, oh, my God, is this guy actually who he is or is he an empty stats, bad team sort of guy? Uh, no, he's not. He's just an he's just an amazing player. I'm struggling to speak right now because I'm still trying to process what I just watched. Yeah. Um, I've, like I like I was just saying, I've never seen a Bucks offense flow like this because the Bucks have never had a player like this ever, never ever. full stop ever in their entire franchise history. They have not had a player who can just command an offense like this create uh like just pure gravity on his shots demand double teams on the perimeter it's ridiculous it's just ridiculous he is that perfect fit on this bucks team that we always thought he would be it's it's just i can't believe we just saw it it's like when you would spitball with your buddies and like oh what would be the what would be the perfect kind of play you can drop onto the honest bucks it's it's literally dame and i know i've made this point before but it was just so striking. Like this is the kind of game. I mean, the six, the Bucks lost like this exact game last season. No, like the frustrating game against the Sixers is literally against the Sixers where they had it won and Giannis presses. And I, I think Giannis just wants to dominate Embiid. And I think he just gets, we'll talk more about Giannis soon, but everything gets gummed up and we've seen them. Like, I think it was it last season or two years ago. I remember a game very similar to this, except the other outcome. And I just remember it's it was too, so frustrating. To be fair, this has been every Buck Sixers game for the last like five years. Yeah, they've been pretty. They've been pretty, just nasty. It's probably good we haven't had too many of these. Play- no, none of them playoff yeah. series because they don't go far enough in the playoffs. Of course, um, that's a good thing to just slide in there. But it's the perfect player to drop in, both because I think he fits perfectly, Damian Lillard. Also. It's just good if you can drop another superstar in. I think that's generally helpful. Yeah. And I think Dame, without a doubt, exclamation point, is a superstar. And for the people who think that, like, w- when I say that, there's a line to me between star and superstar. I think a star, I don't want to, Paul George is a star. A superstar, I think, is different. I think Dame is different. I think he's been underrated. These I know he was MVP you could, votes last I, I, year. I know you could you could say it in sort of this scenario too. Like Chris Middleton yeah. is a star player. Drew like, Holiday. Drew Holiday, star player. Damian Lillard, 
superstar. A, a clearer way to put it, it's all star versus all NBA. Yeah, Dame is an all NBA guy. All NBA or like usually first team all NBA guy. Yeah, uh, Dame tonight, thirty nine points as you said, eight rebounds, just four assists, two fouls. I thought yeah. it was 38. 39. Oh, wow. He didn't miss any free throws. 17 for 17 from the free throw line. Do you want to hear a crazy stat? Shout out to Rare Monkey in our Discord for first bringing this to my attention. Do you know what, what yeah. in three years as a buck, do you know the most free throws Drew Holiday made in a game, a single game? Oh, man. Uh, it's probably going to be like seven. Eight. Pretty close. And this is not to rag on Drew. Again, this it's just literally for the point of comparison – Going from your all-star point guard who helped the Bucks win a championship, will be in the rafters. I'm really not trying to denigrate Drew Holiday here. Dame made 17, took and made 17 in his first Bucks game. One game to more than double up what Drew could ever do. And it was crucial because the funny thing about this Dame game, it wasn't all that great of a game from Dame. He's four for 12 from three. His two-point shot was really good. And I think... His rim explosiveness is something I really underrated, especially at this point in his career. He gets to the rim so fast. And he's so, some of the, I, I thought a couple times he was just both from three and at the rim, which is kind of funny. I thought he was just kind of chucking up garbage. And then the ball is like on the rim and going in. And you're just like, how is that possible? It's not just the threes. He had an insane, a pair actually of insane makes on just drawing a foul, which it's always fun. Chris does that, like, you know. Once every two months, it's like, oh, it's super fun. Dame did it twice in the first game. Like, it's just crazy. But also going to the rim. He had one where he was, like, falling away, getting fouled. And I was like, oh, he just threw that straight up in the air. It's kind of a bad. And then it's, like, bouncing off front rim. And I was like, oh, he might get an end one out of this. He's so far ahead of everything we, we've seen. And we knew – I think we knew this. But you don't fully know it until you see it. And we sure saw it in this game. Oh, my goodness. Dame time. I – Oh, I'm so excited. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't tap the wrist. He didn't tap the wrist. I think he, I it's think still game time. Yeah. I know. I know that, but I'm saying yeah. he, there was an opportunity. I know. I, I want the gift. I have to keep sharing the Blazers gift. Shout out. Also, I want to say, I've noticed we've got some Portland people tuning in. Shout out to any Blazers fans who are watching and, and rooting for you. Yeah. Well, totally. I've been thinking about this before the season started, actually, Rohan. This is a totally random diversion. You know what take I don't like? Bandwagon fans are bad. Wow. Yes. Really? Yes, exactly. Literally the exact words I was thinking. We do have a mind meld going on. I welcome everyone on the bandwagon. And I mean that. I'm not setting up a joke. Like a lot of people there and I'm out of the state is fine too. Like we'll take anyone. Seriously. Like I, I like talking about Bucks basketball. I want to share Bucks basketball with more people. But even in the state, I don't hold it against someone if they never watched the Bucks before. Because how many people's parents didn't watch the Bucks? I didn't watch the Bucks when I was little because my parents didn't watch. It's not a sight against them. I mean, the Bucks were bad for decades. So I, I want to welcome anyone who's watching. And we're not gatekeeping. No, let's all enjoy. But this is going to yeah. be one of the best rides in Bucks basketball history. Let's all enjoy it. Of course, we'll adopt Blazers. <laughs> Andrew's going bandwagon fan reporting for duty. Absolutely, hell yeah! <laughs> First game as a get Bucks it, fan get... was a good one for uh, for Andy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's just it, welcome to everyone. But yeah, I think you you hit the nail on the head when he says like we couldn't really fathom it until we see it, and that's that's it's somewhat obvious, right? It's like yeah. you can't really understand how things are going to go. You can have an idea of how things are going to go, but you can't really understand it until you see it. And we just saw it, like you said. I mean, one thing I want to say is Dame, like 
one one of the points of emphasis about getting a guy like Dame is he was a great closer, right? Like he's one of the ultimate like closers in the game of basketball. He's done it on the high, like in the playoffs. Um, and the Bucks needed that. The Bucks absolutely needed that tonight. And at the end of the game, we saw uh, Giannis like basically shoving the ball into Dame Dame's hands and being like, "Hey, do your thing, man." And he delivered. Like I mentioned earlier, he had that uh, ISO step back three on Kelly Oubre, who just decided to become like prime James Harden. I guess Dude. Sixers don't need James Harden. They have Kelly Oubre. I'll you take know? the L. I've I've definitely made Kelly Oubre jokes, not before the game specifically, but as soon as he hit the first BS shot, I was like, oh, he's tearing my heart out tonight. I could I could totally feel it coming. So salute Kelly Oubre. It's just so so good, so charismatic, so handsome. He's doing all his poses, and I'm like, he's really living his best life out there. Go on. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's not the first thing, first time Kelly Oubre has ever taken anything from James Harden. Um, moving on. It's uh, I'll tell you. Was it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So he hit that ISO step back three on Kelly Oubre. Then when the Sixers had cut the lead to, I believe, two points. He uh, drives, gets fouled by Embiid, puts two free throws with 11 seconds left. Uh, Nick Nurse goes full. Nick Nurse challenges the call, loses his timeout, and uh, the Bucks seal the victory. And Dame delivered. He delivered in the clutch. He was as advertised. And I, I can't stress enough that this is game one. This yeah. is literally this is game one. Yeah, this is game one. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully he, not all games go like this. Yeah, but <laughs> this was game one. Here's a to to put numbers to that uh, from Jamal Collier. Sixers led 104-102 with exactly four minutes left. From there, Dame scored 14 himself, nearly outscoring the Sixers who had 15. 14 points in four minutes, just and the, dominant, the and not crazy, not totally dominating the ball either. Although certainly a lot more late in the game, as we'll talk about how the offense changed. Like they they just ran the horns every time. And somebody I saw somebody in the Discord was like, that's their only set they have. It's the only one they need. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't yeah, fix it. Good, you know? good luck with that one. Um yeah, it's just he he went on a he went on a tear. And like we mentioned earlier, we'll get into it more, but Giannis did not have the best nights. But we've seen Giannis in the past be that guy. Say like, hey, by the way, down the stretch, I'm gonna lead this team to victory. He's done it like time and time again he, like <laughs> this is this isn't like we're trying to bash Giannis say he can't close like we've seen Giannis do it I think the most important thing is to realize that the Bucks have two of these guys so when one of them doesn't have it the other guy can just go and do it which is just it blows my mind yeah like, just like, that's what I felt about the staggering too this some, is the Milwaukee people, Bucks I know dude it's the Milwaukee Lakers it feels like we're we're spoiled this is an insane amount of talent we never expected to see this on the box. Also, shout out. We got more than 150 people in here celebrating Dame time. Just a real quick ask. Subscribe. Click the like button. 17 likes to fit 157 concurrent viewers. I can't speak on my podcast. Let's get those likes up, folks. But appreciate everyone tuning in. We do audio pods as well. If you've never tuned in before, gspn.info. It should be in the description to find all the stuff we do. We appreciate having you again. No bandwagons here. Everyone is welcome. Uh, what the staggering though? We can use this, and then we can stagger over to the honest conversation. What did you think about it? Because personally, I'm for it. I, I know we've done the math before. If each guy plays like 32 minutes, you play 20 together, 12 apart. That covers 44 minutes. So even with that very simplistic view, that's almost the whole game. You have at least one of them. 
Personally, I like that. I, I think if you can have a superstar on the court for almost the whole game, you should do that. And you can still have, again, 20 minutes of them together. It's not like they're, they're checking in and, and ships passing in the night and, and not playing together at all. I, I'm for it. I like the staggering. I think they're both so good. They can, they can dominate without each other and still have time to play together. But what, what are your thoughts, Rohan? I think it, I think it's good because we saw, like, obviously this is a one game sample size. We shouldn't take what we saw in this game as what everything should be like going forward. But we, we sort of see how staggering can be a good thing. Like, uh, you allow Dame to be like more free flowing. You allow Giannis to dominate the ball more. Plus, you have these instances likely during, uh, you know, crunch time, clutch time, whatever the situation may be. You can have those two together. And by the way, in the minutes where you don't have either of those two on the court, and why not just have Chris Middleton in there? Uh, again, we'll talk about him a little yeah, bit yeah. later. Yeah, yeah. People are already asking in chat. It was on a minutes restriction, so I, it's we hoped it would be higher, but we didn't hear that it would. I don't think there's really a mystery there, but if anyone is wondering, that's why I think he stopped at 16. I was hoping mid-20s, certainly a little disappointed, but of course they're being cautious with Chris as they always do. Of course, of course. Uh, you, you you don't want to take things too uh, aggressively with Chris, especially considering his recent injury history. You want to you let him take the time he needs, but uh, theoretically when the team is at full strength, you can have one of Giannis, Dame, and Chris on the court for all 48 minutes in a game, assuming it's not a blowout. But um, you can just – that's just ridiculous. Uh, it's so spoiled. Like, it's its like the Bucks have such a wealth of talent that they can do that is ridiculous. Like we, we've seen in the past like one of the – former big three of Drew, Chris, and Giannis uh, against bench units, usually Drew or Chris against bench units, those those units would really thrive. Uh, now replace Drew with Dame and replace uh, or and move Chris down in the pecking order. And you just have Chris going up against backups, but you also Dame going up against backups at points, too, because once Giannis rests, then it's sort of Dame time. We saw that in this game in when sort of the second unit started to come in. It was Dame who was on the court, not Giannis. And that's just, it's too easy. It's its too easy for a guy like Damian Lillard's caliber to really play against like these half second units, like these sort of second quarter units. It's its unfair. And we saw him take advantage, like I mentioned earlier, 17 points in that second quarter. Yeah. So you can see how like staggering can be a good thing in this situation. However, again, one game sample. So we'll have to see how it uh, trends going forward well, the other... before making any full decisions. The other benefit too, I think, is, you know, and I think this is a good place to move into the Giannis combo itself, but these guys are both superstars. Part of that means like, you know, not that they're just so used to having the ball and doing everything, both of them. And I think Dame is adjusting even better than Giannis. Like Dame is maybe too selfless, as, as I know people have said throughout preseason, but I mean, good on him. Uh, that's the attitude I think you have to take to make this work. But that's the other thing about the staggering is you can get back into certain configurations where, yeah, Dame can totally dominate the ball or Giannis can dominate the ball because Dame's not out there. I think mixing in some of that still is good. Like I don't think you want to totally take away that mentality from those guys because there's going to be certain nights. I mean this was a Dame night. I certainly think there's going to be nights where Giannis dominates the fourth quarter and ends the game, right? Like we know that's going to be the case. So making sure that he's still got that mode and able to regularly access that is good. He tried to do that in this game, did not have a good game. Still, this is always the funny thing about Giannis' bad games. 
23 points, 13 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 seals, 2 blocks, 7 turnovers, and 4 fouls. The turnovers, some pretty bad ones um, for sure, and took a lot of jumpers. The middies, he actually made Early a few. Early shot clock mid jumpers. 0 for, 0 for 3 from deep, and most of the threes were just bad. They were not the threes you want to see Giannis taking. I don't mind if he takes a jumper here and there. I really don't because sometimes he gets on those little runs and it's whatever. If he takes one or two, he certainly took too many at a bad time. And it did feel like because of that, the game was slipping away again until Dame really just stepped up and and closed out the Sixers for the whole team. Basically, it wasn't a good game. You know what? I think one easy adjustment Giannis just has to make is and cleans up a lot of this. What's that? Just slow down a beat when you get the ball in those four-on-three advantage situations. And I think the best possessions Giannis had with Dame on the floor, he caught and just stopped for a second. Not, you know, you don't slow down and like post up ISO old school basketball. But, but just, just take a second to survey. The look court. around who's open. He, he and, and I'm, I, I think people take it for granted that for like five years now, Giannis has had to do so much and the, the team around him did not have a Dame guy or anything close to it. And the only way he was able to get to the rim and score consistently was by just going, just immediately gone, got to get to the rim right now. He doesn't have to anymore. That's a big adjustment. I think you saw some of these possessions where he gets it kind of in the painted area around the elbow, takes a minute, and then sees, oh, there's a gap over here because you know the defense is going to a shooter. Oh, there's a pass I can make right there. I I don't think it's going to take months and months for this. I think there's going to be times like this that it happens. Guess what? I mean – there's going to be times when he makes these drives and these decisions and it just works out more too. It's still Giannis, right? Like we're still talking about a two-time MVP, one of the best, most dominant players of his generation. Yeah, finals MVP as well. So not worried about Giannis at all. Certainly think he's going to look better a lot of nights and still just make progress. To to be fair, it's a massive adjustment for him. It's a massive adjustment for him. Like for a guy like Dean, it's almost less of an adjustment because – uh you just have to keep being you but uh because Giannis is trying to be that guy who's like he he keeps saying like in these interviews it's like oh yeah Dame's gonna have the ball more where this is Dame's team it's like yeah out of the two of them Giannis clearly wants to be the one to make the sacrifice out of any of them obviously Dame's gonna do some too that's that's just how this works it's just easier when you're the guard to have the ball it just it's or it's 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 easier to make the sacrifice as the guard because like you're just moving off ball, but you're still the lead guard for a lot of the time. Exactly. Uh, So it's just, this is going to be a major adjustment for Giannis sort of trying to fit in with Damian Lillard and sort of give up some more on ball responsibilities and sort of shift, like just shift some of your offensive responsibilities to the defensive end. Um, So like it's going to take probably more time for Giannis to get adjusted to this than for Dame. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I did notice some little things that were encouraging. There was one possession when Dame was out where Giannis kind of came up and immediately set a screen for campaign. That's a little thing. That's just We just didn't always see that. A lot of the time in past seasons, Giannis would come up by the arc and just get the ball and then cook. So I think he's trying. I think it's just he's been in one mode for so long. It's, it is – we just keep saying this word. People are going to get sick of hearing it. It is an adjustment. The free throws also were an ideal somehow – uh, was a markedly better free throw shooter than Bobby Portis, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is not Speaking saying free much. Throws, you want to hear a record? Uh, a record that I do. was uh, just tied. Well, this is from uh, Scott Grodsky. Uh, Good follow. He, uh, yeah, for sure. From CBS fifty eight, uh, he tweeted: Damian Lillard seventeen made free throws without a miss ties a Bucks franchise record set by Giannis in the finals. Yeah. yeah. Just that's so insane. cool. That's so funny that it's Giannis he ties. And Giannis, by the way, became the Bucks' all-time leading uh, field goal made. Oh, fun! The yeah. record everyone dreams about as a kid. Past Kareem, as Jordan pointed out, just insane that Kareem did that in six seasons. Yeah, <laughs> this is he made a lot of shots. Giannis. He also played like forty-five minutes a night and didn't miss many games until he had the High cornea scratch. Too. High, highest pace of play yeah. <laughs> yeah. for the NBA. We should uh, go one of these one of these days when we have off seasons again. We should we should watch some see if we can find full Kareem games because I bet it's weird to watch but also really fun. Uh, but yeah, just in in terms of Giannis, just being able to sort of be in more control and like slow the game down just to, just a smidge. And that's a good thing for you to call out because I think that would help him a lot in this situation. And you know, just just clean up the shot selection and you'll be good. Yeah. 100% agree. Defensively, he was a monster. Yeah. And this is something we talked about. We'd hope we see with him having it, hopefully do a little less offensively going for And certainly Dame carried a lot of offensive load in this game. Giannis was great. And I thought one of the key moments of the game, the second to last Sixers run that was stopped, something we've never seen in the Bud era. Griff pulls the lever, puts Giannis on Embiid because Embiid starts hitting those threes Brooke Lopez just not able to get out there fast enough while containing Embiid. 
and Giannis just clamps in three straight possessions. The Sixers are turning the ball over left and right. I actually wanted to see more of that late. I wonder if the fouls kept the Bucks away from doing that, or maybe it was a rebounding thing. I'm not sure, but that was like a decisive – I mean, the kind of adjustment moment we've only seen happen to the Bucks. We haven't seen the Bucks do these. We've seen these done yeah. to the Bucks mostly, and it was great to see it go the other way. It was great to see Giannis step up to that challenge. Some great help defense as well, some awesome blocks, but – uh, he was fighting on Embiid and had some amazing plays guarding Joel, which really makes you excited about what this could look like in more situations where not probably not for full games. It's definitely not for full games in the regular season, but there's going to be these moments, I think, where the Bucks go, all right, you're beating somebody else. Beat Giannis for a while. See how that goes. Yeah, he doesn't have to do as much on the offensive end. He can save some stuff in the tank for the defensive end. But yeah, I think one thing that we've sort of overlooked so far is it's not only game one for uh, Dame, it's game one for Adrian Griffin. And prior to, you know, the Bucks trading for Damian Lillard, uh, this was going to be the most intriguing thing about the Bucks this season was how is how is Adrian Griffin going to change the way the Bucks sort of look and act? Obviously, the Dame trade just throws everything just out, out the window. And it's like, yeah, that this is the big thing. But this is still a first regular season uh, win uh, for Adrian Griffin as a member of the Milwaukee Bucks. Never lost. And, yeah, never lost in the Adrian Griffin era. And like you mentioned, it's just these these in-game sort of I hate I hate adjustments. It's such a buzzword. But, but these, it's true. These, in, these in-game sort of tweaks, I'll say. Where you love your just, you love your synonyms to make you feel better. Kenny was talking about the wall earlier. Were you like twitching? Yeah, yeah. The barrier. I was. The barrier. I, I almost said to my screen, Kenny, the barrier. I was like, oh, he can't hear me. Yeah, it's okay. Kenny, Kenny knows he'll get there eventually. But <laughs> just these these subtle tweaks where it's like, yeah, I, I'm noticing that Embiid is sort of leveraging the space that Brook Lopez is using and like leveraging it to his advantage. Let's play a guy. Uh, on him that doesn't really give him much space because he can keep up with him and maintain size, and that's Giannis. And just immediately out of that timeout, just Giannis gets him. They alter their pick-and-roll coverage, and it's just like, yeah, he, he showed why. He had an insane steal. He just sort of clamps him up. And a weirdly officiated game, too, just on both sides. Just a, just a weird game. Yeah, game one but, for everyone. Yeah, game one for everyone for sure. No flopping techs in this game yeah. uh, so far. Uh, can't they can't they can assign those after the game right i think so yeah i don't think anyone would really get one people were yeah, saying boss man jay crowder on the uh the, the illegal screen i thought that was such a smart play by him and i guess i'm stealing from when we'll talk we'll, we talk about every player who plays on these pods by the way so we'll talk more boss man later jay crowder but the sixers were sticking those legs out on a lot of screens and the bucks weren't flopping and it wasn't getting called and I think it was honestly genius of him to go, you know what? They're going to have to call this one. Like they're, they're doing this. I'm just going to, I'm going to fly away. I'm going to flap my wings and fly boss man style. And they're calling it. And I think that, that helps with the illegal screens going forward. A guy who had an awesome game. I think we can, I'm sure. Oh, no, we can't go to Crowder next. We're, no, no. Still, still Griffin. Yeah, I, still Griffin. I loved the, um, when we got out of the timeout, when we got in the huddle and we got to hear what he was saying to the team, talking about, you know, we're okay with letting Joel shoot a little bit, then we'll take those away, but we're too soft on the rest of these closeouts. It did feel like the Bucks were instantly defensively malleable in a way that we, certainly in the regular season, have not seen very much. They were, they were reacting immediately to what's yeah. going on around them. 
with players and, just, and scheme tweaks, which I think is exactly. important to note both things. And we just haven't seen that with Bud, but we get to see it now with uh, Adrian Griffin, who gets the win over his former head coach. I'm excited uh, about the Griffin tenure. I really am. I, me I, too. I think... There were there were some weird things like that. That lineup at the end of the third quarter was <sighs> just tell. strange. I didn't just hate it. So strange. Why didn't you hate it? Because I, I, I mean, got, it's just a full bench lineup. I got is... the idea of buying the rest. Like I really, I thought it was a good idea. And if Portis hits one or two free throws, I think we'd look at it and say, "Oh, it kind of worked." And Embiid's off too. It's Maxi against bench. It was Marjan in there. Like you had some yeah. good athletic def- defensive players. I feel like the whole goal was just gum it up, waste two minutes. Camp. I, I think if Bobby hits the free throws and campaign doesn't have a bad campaign game and go way too campaign uh, in that two minutes, I, I think we look at it differently. The real thing, though, I think if Chris is able to play his minutes, he's out there. And then we look at it way differently. And if that's the concept going forward, I really don't mind. But yeah, it didn't. It didn't end up working super well um, for the Bucks in this game. But overall, I th- I like the way Griffin coached. I liked how responsive and I just liked how much stuff we saw. The zone gets busted out and has a couple yeah. really good possessions, Late. but then goes away before the Sixers can adjust to it. Because that is a lot of times you see teams play zone, and I feel like oh the offense takes a minute to adjust. But if you get really used to playing it, I do think you can learn how to bust a zone, especially a player like Maxi. Seems like he'd be able to bust his own pretty easy. The Bucks didn't stay in it for long. It was like three possessions, boom, turn the game a bit, and then go away from it. And also just doubling Embiid right away, which I've been anti-doubling Embiid from the past. But the way they doubled him, the way he played against it, it's hard to not like the idea. And I mean, they're, they're, they were smart about it. They they used the the sideline, the baseline as their uh, as an extra defender because they trapped him as soon as he sort of started sizing up on the baseline. It's like, oh yeah, I can't like move out. And Embiid, not the greatest creator out of double teams we've ever Ooh. seen in the NBA, uh, for the volume that he gets. He's <laughs> a little wild. Um, so it's just being smart about it. It's not just doing it, but doing it in a way that actually makes sense. I thought they got away with some bad ones. They kept sending Beasley from Maxi, and I was like, ah, he's right there. Can we send because they were, they from were doing baseline? backside rotations? They were. They were. They, I mean, there were some close. I think Maxi. Honestly, I think they're going to watch the film and go, "You got to just shoot like all of these, dude." I did think he had more space, but he wasn't, and maybe that's just a tendency thing as much as anything for the Bucks. I do think as well as Maxi shoots from three. Probably not a ton of those catching three or huge volume. I, maybe I'm totally wrong about that, but certainly the Bucks got away with it tonight. My favorite Embiid moment was second half. The ball's passed to him, and he just like <laughs> slaps it to Jay Crowder. I was like, why did you do that? Like, I, I, it's like what you would do if someone was holding you, but there was no one around him. What was the thought process there? I thought when when he when he went to do that, I was like, oh, that's going to be a great skip pass to. T- uh, I forget who was on the wing. Around the top it of might the might have been Tobias. Like, I just, I, it just went straight to Boxman. <laughs> I was like, okay. Like, Thanks, Joel. <laughs> yeah. This is great. Um, yeah, that was very funny to me. Um, man, what a game. That was an intense game. It's kind of a fun Adrian, way. Adrian Griffin, the, it's going to be fun to see. It's going to be fun to see this going yeah. forward. Like We got, we got fun. some fun, off, fun offensive stuff too. Like you mentioned, a lot of horn sets. And it's like these screens are being set at the logo, letting Dame use his speed to get downhill so quick. And it's like... Again, the Bucks have never, ever, ever had a player like this. Ever. I think the closest comparison speed-wise is Eric Bledsoe. But Dame <laughs> also has other skills. You could say that. Dame Lillard on his step-back three. That's a look I'll take seven days a week. That's a comfort shot. 
<laughs> I'm going to run through a wall. Take it eight days a week. Take it nine days a week. Throw the Gregorian calendar out. Time doesn't exist. It's game time. Even during your sleep, you're going to take a step back right out of bed and hit it. Sham, Sham style. No sleep. Instead of screen time, it's game time. That's called living with respect. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Some, somebody in the chat earlier asked if you're podcasting from Purgatory. I think it was John, which I found very listen, funny. Listen, yeah. I'm going to have no stuff poster. on my wall. I'm going to have stuff on my wall starting tomorrow, but for the, for the next pod, okay? Next pod. There All will right. be something right. behind Well, me. we'll see. We might have to do another emergency pod just like we, we wake up and we're like, dude, that Dame game happened. Should we just do another hour, hour 50? Just see how we're feeling tomorrow. Uh, who do you want to talk about next? Um, Let's talk about a campaign for one second because I, I just had one thing to sort of note here. It's not really yeah. talking about campaign. But he played the – like it was a 10-man rotation tonight. And campaign played the least amount of minutes of the bench guys clocking in just shy of nine minutes at eight minutes and 56 seconds. I've, I've got and something. It's because, it's because Giannis was the backup point guard. Oh, that's a good note. Speaking of the guy who got minutes over him, can you read this? <laughs> I'm going to fill it out later when we talk about him, I think. I haven't totally it's, decided. I, for, no, for don't audio. do it yet. It's too early. Is it too early? It was it's good. too early. For audio listeners, I'm holding up the Marjan Bochamp apology form. It has one box. It says, I was wrong, and then a line to sign. So I'm going to keep this around and be ready. The other side is the... Ben Ouja press press uh, PR release when they the herd hired him as head coach. I'm just gonna keep this around. I, it's a teaser for when we get to Marjan. I liked I liked what I saw. Let's lot. talk about him. Let's talk about. Let's Marjan. talk about him. Why not? Just I think we can keep it. I, I I made the form because I didn't expect what we saw defensively. He got dinged for some fouls. I think some really light offensively, ones. Offensively, it was a little bit of a struggle. I thought he moved well. I, I didn't think he did the wrong thing very much. Yeah, but it just didn't end up going in his favor. Oh, is he two for three with just the mystery? Yeah, but then he had like a drive and travel, I think. Oh, yeah, I think he did. I still overall, I, I mean, what he did defensively, I, I was most impressed by. I thought he did a pretty good job on Maxi. I like that they went to that a couple times. Again, just the kind of the kind of move we're not used to seeing as much, especially for a player that young. Or am I am I just Am I putting round pegs in square holes? I just I don't I like, it, it's good to see. It's really quite rare for a, a player to be doing this in their like second year. I mean, obviously you have your defensive specialists who can come in and do that. Like I the name that keeps coming to me is Tybal. Like just like as a young player who can be a great defender, but he is uh, just uh, that's a different it's a different type of player, I'll say that. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's just rare for a guy like this to come in and just that's why defense is so difficult for guys who are like young players. It just takes a while to get used to NBA size, athleticism, speed, like physicality, all this sort of stuff. It takes time. And so that's why it's rare to see like a young guy like Marjan just stepping in and doing this. I, I was encouraged and I, I was glad to see him get those minutes. And like you pointed out with Payne, end up not being ninth and or tenth in minutes, getting up to ninth by the end of the game. And you know, within sniffing distance of of Bobby there, 16 and a half from Arjon, 19 for Bobby. Let's just go Bobby next. Kind of a random order here, but I really liked Bobby Portis's game. I mean, I thought, like, you can tell he's responding to this style of play in a very positive fashion. Like, this is a high-energy brand of basketball, especially on the defensive end. 
And I feel like it suits his personality as much as his play style, and that just helps him succeed. Bobby's five for eight, doesn't take a three, 0 for four from free throw. Like we, he's just gone weight, like all kinds of shooting are bad, but everything around the rim has been quite good. And he continues to get offensive rebounds, to drive, which that's been a new thing this year. It's been pretty effective. And he had six rebounds, two assists, one block, no turnovers, three fouls. The block on a charging Tyrese Maxey, very impressive block, good hands from Bobby Portis. He was energized. He brought energy. I loved Bobby's game. It it was it was really good to see not just defensively but offensively as well. Like just sort of the the ability to just be frenetic and move. There was a play where he caught the ball at the top of the key, sort of faked a three, passed it to Bossman on the wing, who sort of had to. It was an errand pass. He tried to catch it out of bounds, but immediately as soon as he threw that pass, he was cutting into the lane because there was a guy closing out on him. Draws the defense, kicks it out to I believe Pat in the the left corner for three. I don't remember if he made the shot. It was Pat. I think he did. I believe he did. I think I, I remember that sequence. It was really nice from all those players. Yeah, but just like being able to just like utilize that energy for constant movement is great on the offensive end as well as the defensive end. I think I think it was a great game from Bobby. And I think you had tweeted this earlier in the game. Mm. It's just like this is going to be uh, a big year for Bobby. I think it is. I, I do think – I think he's going to remain the sixth man. I'm not saying he's going to elevate to starter or anything. But if he continues to fit on both ends like that, I mean we could see our best Bobby Portis buck season. And that's not something I say lightly. Yeah. Uh, John Someone Patrick, who had a big yeah. – go ahead. Go ahead. Just gonna, John Patrick in the chat asked what grade do you give Adrian Griffin game one. We will do full buck stock market returns for this game later on in the podcast. So not everyone gets a, a grade for every game, but – I'm going to go ahead and spoiler. I'm going to advocate for uh, for Griff making some movement on the Bucks stock market when we get there. Um, let's go to Crowder next. I, I was going to say a guy who uh, has a real chance to really step into the role in this rotation is Bossman99. He might have been the most consistent player. Yeah, <laughs> very steady, very helpful. Every time you saw him, he was doing something that helped the team. Is how I'd put this game. Defensively, offensively, when the team is on a run, like that uh, that illegal screen call that you had mentioned earlier, that was in the midst of a massive Bucks run, and like Bossman being able to, I'm just going to keep calling him Bossman. I don't yeah. care. We've we've, uh, we've said Crowder now. People know. Yeah. So Bossman just being able to go through these screens, like fight through these screens, like that allows you to get these sort of calls. And just hitting your shots, it's great. He's not making the dumb decisions that he was making during that playoff run where he just got five minutes a game because he was just buns. But it was just, it, it was smart basketball. It was, this feels weird to say for a player of Crowder's caliber, but it was vintage Jay Crowder out there. It was. I, I thought it was a great game. It was three for four from the field, made his only three, made both of his three th- free throws. He looked like that physical wing that the yes. Bucks need. He he was that. Four rebounds, two assists, two steals, just one turnover and three fouls. There was pretty much everyone who was playing defense on both teams ended up in some sort of foul trouble. It was very much one of those games. He was the defensive organizer and just the the guy who knows where to be offensively and just does what you need him to do. And I am remain confident he can continue that and carry that into the playoffs with more time with the team. And he, like Portis, someone who I think is benefiting immediately from the new coaching staff here that the Bucks have. I think a lot of guys are. I think the coaching was good all around, but those individual players especially. Uh, so shout out to Crowder for an awesome game. 
Let's go back to the starters here. Let's let's cover Chris quickly. On the minutes restriction, played a bit over 16. You know, the numbers aren't going to call out to anyone. He was two for five from the field, one for three from deep, made one of his two free throws, three rebounds, four assists, two steals, two turnovers. Had a fast break coast to coast on a steal. That was pretty fun. Chris getting involved in the aggression. I thought he looked fine. I mean, it's just hard to accomplish too much in those limited minutes. Uh, I do think, I know I railed against not caring who brings the ball up. I do think they probably had him do it a bit too much when the Sixers were pressing. If they're not pressing, I don't care. But we all know Chris is not the tightest handle. So probably just have Dame or Giannis do that more often. But overall, I thought, fine. It wasn't bad. I mean, the Bucks were really good in his minutes. And hopefully he can get up in the 20s soon. And then, of course, up to the 30s mark you'd look for from uh, your third best player. Yeah, it's it's just going to be a, a ramp up process. Not the first time we heard that phrase tonight. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a ramp-up process for Chris as he sort of starts to recover, get his game legs under him. Uh, like we talked about earlier, ideally in the rotation, it's like, yeah, you have one of Giannis, Damer, and Chris on the floor at all times when needed. And, yeah, just just it's like we're, we just need to see him get a larger minutes and, uh, you know, more attention because it's just like this. It's tough to really gain any, anything from this. Yeah, just a tease. Chris yes. had some vintage pull up twos that was like, oh, yeah, having some of those and that that two minute stint that was no Dame or Giannis, that would solve a lot of those problems, I think. I think so. I think uh, Brookie Cookie, Brooke Lopez, completely flipped the script I had on him after like the first two minutes. I was sitting watching the early first quarter fuming as he's like doubled up, not seeing Malik Beasley, like just kind of I felt like Brooke had a little bit of a feeling out process as well but really ended up turning in an excellent game. I mean, I still think one of the best individual MB defenders in the league, even though they don't ask him to, to do it alone anymore. Brooke ends up with 13 points on five for seven shooting, three for four from deep. And some of those were like direct answers to some of the Sixers' biggest runs. And Brooke was stepping up, knocking him down. The Noah work looks to still be paying off. Only two rebounds. People will say, oh, Brooke doesn't rebound. Brooke boxes out constantly. That's what Brooke does. Two turnovers, four fouls, had some bad ones in the lane, kind of lost control of some, whatever. We know we know Brooks' limitations. I thought overall had a pretty strong game, though. Yeah, I mean, it's – I think it was a classic normal Brook Lopez game. Like, he's going to hit some shots. He's going to uh, – probably a little bit uh, offensively inflated game from Brook Lopez. He's not going to constantly be hitting these shots, but it's nice to see – that he was just he was just answering Embiid threes at one point I think uh, Stan Van Gundy was like yeah it's a three point shooting contest between seven footers out here it was, it was pretty funny like, to watch that it, part of the game it was just like oh Embiid three oh Brook three Embiid's coming down the oh my god here's Brook Lopez it's like uh, who needs Damon Giannis we have Brook Lopez yeah he's the, the offensive threats yeah it's just um, it's just crazy. Um, that just the wealth of talent this Bucks team has, but yeah, Brooke Lopez, um, just I, I don't know, I didn't, I wasn't moved by this game, but I didn't feel bad about it. Yeah, I thought defensively it was okay, hard to have an impact with the way they they whistled it. I didn't think it was Brooke's best defensive game, but I thought he was fine. I didn't think he was like exposed or unable to cope in the scheme. And then offensively, he he brought the juice. An intrepid uh, viewer named Alex asked, "Where can I find the podcast? If I want to listen to it again." Good question. You can find it at gspn.info or subscribing here on YouTube, but we're on all podcast platforms. Let's talk Malik Beasley. Somehow is this 
the second to last rotation player we're going to cover somehow is Malik. We really saved this one here. I thought kind of a mixed bag performance. Funny enough, I like the defense more than the offense, I think. I think it was what I hoped for defensively. Like he hung in there. He made guys work. He's not a stopper, but got involved and made some plays on that end. Had two steals, three assists, four rebounds. Only scored five points. Only took four shots. I think the Bucks still need to get used to finding him a little more. He's just kind of over-eager almost in some senses. He hugged Brooke Lopez on Brooke's first bucket of the game, which was pretty weird, uh, and was going up for rebounds. He probably didn't need to. But what were your Malik Beasley thoughts? I thought he was fine. I thought he was fighting well on defense. One thing that concerns me is that he died on a lot of screens. I mean, to be fair, Embiid's a big dude, and like him setting screens, it's, it's easy to die on. But it's like, especially like a Maxi Embiid pick and roll. Yeah, the, but, those were some of the Maxi threes that were go, getting open, right? Yeah, but it's just like you you want to see him not like fall over, <laughs> be on all fours <laughs> during these screens. If you're if you're gonna be that guy, like he wants to, I'm not saying I expect this, but this is what he he has said. Adrian Griffin said he's gonna be the guy with these defensive assignments. Uh, watch out for boss man, by the way, Malik Beasley. Um, yeah. I don't look insane for saying he should maybe be a starter. No. Uh, but I don't for think now, I, ever I, think said Mal- insane. I, think, I think Malik Beasley is, uh, he, he's, he's fine. He's fine. It works for now. But you see what I'm, what I'm saying, just like if boss man was a 6-3 version of boss man, it would be. If boss man was a 6-3 version of boss man? Yeah, literally, yes. Like if Bossman was like a quick six three guy instead of a big strong six six or seven or whatever he is guy, then I think yeah he should be the starter probably. But yeah, he's big and like the, well, the player we're talking about is Tyrese Maxey. That's the issue. Like I don't I don't feel good about Bossman going around those screens either or just straight up trying to stay in front of him. But I I do see what you're saying and agree he wasn't great on uh, navigating some of those screens. I think the only player we have left is Patrick Connaughton. Thought he was started rough, but bounced back in a pretty big way. Here's here's one that sounds like Mad Libs. Clutch uh going over the screen chase down or behind the you know behind the play block on Tyrese Maxey from Pat Connaughton. I couldn't believe yeah. there was no whistle. When they bust when they busted out the zone defense, yeah. it was uh it was uh that was that was one of the first plays out of it. Uh it was crazy. He came out of the game immediately after, which was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the next possession. <laughs> well, that stint was funny because somebody called out in chat earlier. Like that was the, basically Griffin gave Giannis like a minute to just like I don't know. I don't. Even th- I don't even think it was rest. I really think it was like mental. Like hey, just like sit for a minute, like watch the game, take a beep, and then come back. And I do think Giannis was a lot better after that minute as well. But that's. I think that's what led to Pat going out, even though he did make such an incredible play. Uh, two for six from the field, one for four from deep. Got to the line on a drive, made two free throws on during that bench unit that ended up being very important. It's it's again like he's he's been that guy on this team uh, for the last five years now, which is insane. About who who would just be a slasher for this team? I think one thing that's really changed about the 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 makeup of the Bucks now is that they have more guys who can do that. So he has a risk of being sort of marginalized, but he also has the 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 knowledge, the flexibility of playing with Giannis and Chris and Brooke for so long that he knows how to play with those guys, which is going to give him a bit of an edge going forward. All I'm saying is, Pat, there's going to be a competition for some minutes here. 
Yeah, there is. Um, it's a it's a good shot. I also think, I mean, just defense is more needed now than before, and that doesn't favor Pat necessarily, right? Like the who's dr- not bad, no, but just like he can get overpowered. Not bad, but not plus. I think that's a good way to put it. So we are going to get into the Bucks stock market. I think we're gonna have a lot. I I, I feel like this could be a pretty high movement game, but first, Rohan. Let's talk about our. Oh, I was going to do a transition. I'll still do it. Hey, I still think he's clutch. Don't sleep on Pat Connaughton. Let's talk about Sleeper. What a great transition for me. Totally natural, totally in the flow of the podcast. Our friends at Sleeper and their uh, daily fantasy basketball. We really like Sleeper. So we, you know, we have actually been talking about some of our picks. Most of the day, I mean, we stopped when the game came on. I, I had, I realized mine were dead pretty early on. My my uh, my daily fantasy day was not ideal. We'll see if you fared any better. We both did some silly first quarter ones, and then we did some more serious plays as well. But if you're not aware, Sleeper is daily fantasy basketball. You may know Sleeper do a fantasy, a full season fantasy there. Sleeper is awesome for that too. The Eurostep NFL uh, Fantasy Football League is there as well. But with the Daily Fantasy, you can win up to 100 times your payouts. You can place in-game contests. You can seek through for the best possible uh, higher or lowers they have set on these. It's really fun to look through and see you know, what some of these uh, target statistical benchmarks are for Sleeper. So definitely want to make sure everyone here knows code Eurostep, G-Y-R-O step, to double your first deposit up to a hundred bucks. That's five that's five Rohan bets. Rohan bets big units. Rohan's a big baller, is what we learned from Sleeper. Um but Rohan, how about you share your uh your first uh your first picks of the day here? So I think I think we can just cover the the series ones here. Um so for my for my uh for my entry I had three um this was just Buck Sixers. I had three three higher lowers that I went with. First was Damian Lillard. I went uh, lower than seven and a half assists. Oh, that worked out. It did. When, when it I did heard it. you say Damian Lillard lower, I immediately got worried. For, I was like, oh, I don't know. That might not go well, Rohan. Yeah. It, uh, thankfully, he wasn't passing the ball. He was scoring the ball. I, I mean, he did, he did have, uh, what do you have, four assists in that game? So it's, yeah. I don't know. Buck's it's, high. It, yeah, bucks high because uh, everyone was just doing their own sort of scoring there. Uh, I had Giannis uh, higher than 32 and a half combined points and assists. Oh, see, so I'll, I'll get into mine a little bit. I had I had Giannis more than 44 and a half points, rebounds, assists. So not the same, but we, we joked we might have the same ones, similar ones there. Did not work out for either of us, I think, right? No. No, 26 combined points and assists for Giannis. Yeah. Thir- it was thirty nine uh, points, rebounds, assists. Still not enough for for what I needed there. And my, la- I only had three on this one. I yeah. did uh, Kelly Oubre higher than half an assist. Did he do it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Dude did not pass the ball once. I was watching him the whole game. Said, "Hey, maybe this is the time. Maybe this is the time that Kelly Oubre passes the you ball." You can't blame him. The way and there he was, was one shooting. possession where he was going into the lane. I believe it was Tyrese Maxey or someone who was just wide open in the corner, one pass away. I was like, you know what? I don't actively root for the Sixers, but this would be okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he just goes through the lane, gets an and one. I'm like, 
I can't say anything about Kelly Oubre. Dude, he, I, the way he was shooting, I cannot blame him for not passing the ball. I really so, can't. So I, I lost my 10, my tenner on that one. I, I, three. I had a five spot. I already mentioned the honest one. I did, uh, this one, I, this is the only one out of this whole, this whole set of picks that worked. I had Embiid under 33 and a half points and assists, which to me, I was like, the way the Bucks guard Embiid, you know, it doesn't usually rack up the assists. I liked my chances, and, and that did, that was successful. But I had Malik Beasley with more than 10 and a half points and assists, and he only got eight. And I really liked that one because I think it was, I think the mark was like seven and a half for just points, and then eight and a half for points and assists. And I was like, oh, Malik gets some assists. That's, that could work out for me. He had three assists, but only five points. So I, I think I had the right idea, but it didn't work out. Didn't work out for us this time. But Rohan, we're going to be back next week. We're going to be trying. The way Rohan's been, oh, you know what? I won't just say Rohan. The way I've been playing as well, we'll probably be back, you know, maybe for these late night games because you can make picks mid games. That's the great thing about Sleeper. But remember, folks, use promo code Eurostep. You can get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions do apply. Those terms and conditions, can't get away from them. See Sleeper's terms of use for details, currently operational in over 25 states, including Wisconsin, in case you were wondering. Check out Sleeper today. Go for a slam dunk on Sleeper Picks, Rohan. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Okay. Speaking of slam dunk, should we talk about the Buck stock market? Yeah, let's do it. For anyone who's not familiar, the Buck stock market is sort of how we keep track of how players are performing and trending throughout the season. We do start them off at different values. We had a full pod detailing our IPO for the 2023-2024 Buck stock market. So it's like, obviously, Giannis is not going to start at the same level as Robin Lopez or anything. Always the uh, shade to Robin Lopez. He's the worst player on the roster. I'm not debating. Um, so we just, we have, for example, like Giannis is starting out at 38 stocks while Robin Lopez starts out at one. The minimum is one. Okay. Uh, we get it. It's, <laughs> but so each game we sort of track who's going up, who's going down in these regards. And it's not going to, we don't grade everyone, just anyone who's sort of performed above or below what we consider their baseline. And we track those valuations and tweet them from at Eurosep podcast. Uh, after every game, so I have a tweet draft ready to go. Yeah, Ty. usually, can... usually a lot earlier than this. You, we don't always pod after the games. That's why this one's going out a little later. So I think we can both agree that an immediate upstock for Damian Lillard 
I'm thinking two. It might be two. This is a tour to me. You can't have a better game, a better debut game. He lifted the Bucks on his shoulders, Rohan. He did. He did. First game in a Bucks uniform, and he put his it put the team on his back. He played for the city on his jersey, on the front of his jersey, and he won the game for him. And that city is Milwaukee. That's cool. Doesn't get old. Giannis down. Yeah, down one. Yeah. He redeemed it late. I, I think we could have been flirting with two even because he just starts off so high. But I think down one is is very fair. And again, considering down one, considering last season Giannis averaged around 30 points, over 30 points a game, and just like multiple assist guy. And he just sort of struggled today, sort of took some stuff out of the flow. And uh, so I think it, it wasn't the best Giannis game, so we're going to give him the downstep. Yeah, totally fair. I am in complete agreement with you so far. Is that the Boss last – I was going to say, is that the last movement for any starter? Yes. I think so, too. Chris just didn't do enough. I thought Brooke. Uh, Brooke is Brooke close. Was Brooke was Brooke close. Was fine. Brooke was fine. I mean, we know it was unsustainable, but. I'm going to say no. Considering he's starting. He's at 25. Okay. He's at 25. Okay. Okay. Fair. And for context, Giannis is at 38. Dame's at 32. Now 37 and 34. Yes. Whose team but, is uh, it, Rohan? Controversy? It's a good controversy. Yeah, to have. I'll say that. Yeah, oh no, we have two players playing as like some of the best players in the oh, league. Oh my no. god! Oh, what are we gonna goodness. do? It's gonna be. It's a real, real shame. Uh, Giannis Jake is gonna Crowder, be out of here in four years. <laughs> Sign the extension, baby. Jake Crowder up. Yeah, I think for sure we had him at twelve, which is like pretty decent role player, but he played like a plus role player. Uh, certainly deserving of the upstock and awesome. Just not a bad moment I can remember from Crowder. No, not at all. We already talked about him. Uh, Bobby Portis up. Yeah, I'm with it. Higher standard because Bobby started at 17. But again, just an all-around pretty awesome. Outside of the free throws. Do the free yeah. throws hold him back? They, I considered it. They might. Uh, he did have many big moments in a game this close. So I am willing to allow the upstock. I think we can, especially game one, you know. Yeah. Um, and okay. then I, I had Adrian Griffin up. Yes. So we give him two. He was at two. We'll There's give him one for two, now. Two we, is too we, much. Men- yeah, yeah. we mentioned on the on the IPO pod that coaches are mostly going to be done. Like uh, Adrian Griffin's valuation is mostly going to be done as trends because it's tough yep. to really see these things and a game to game basis. So it's going to be more trends, but since we saw like a lot of good things in game one, we're going to give him an upstock just from one game. You're not going to push for Marjan. I'm not. Okay. I'd make the case for him. He looked like a bench defensive stopper for guards, and I just didn't think he was that. You, you. It doesn't take a lot to convince me on Marjan. Ty. I, I mean, that, was that not impressive though, or did you? Was, was that your expectation? It kind of was, but I also have inflated expectations, which is why I'm, do- I'm glad we're doing this together. Yeah, I, I just especially I thought, with he started at eight. Yeah, it's, I think yeah. it's I think he jumped off the screen and a lot of it. He just looked like he was doing the right thing most of the time. I want to. I know you said he had a travel. Uh, did he have a turnover? No. Oh, no travels must, for a large march. Three fouls. Maybe he. I don't know what he did, but no turnovers. Oh, okay, my mistake. Yeah. So yeah, okay, yeah I'm, Marjan I'm, let's give Marjan one. I thought this was, again, this was the vision I had for Ajax. I'm not giving up on that yet. 
But Marjan really did it in this game. That's kind of what I hope for. Uh, so I think he's worthy or deserving of the um, of the the love there. And I think that's I think that's it. I think so too. So to recap, Dame up two. I'm updating the sheet as we go here. Giannis down one. The only down stock of the game. Marjan and Crowder both up one. Bossman. Adrian Griffin up one, which is a a good sign. I'll say for people who aren't familiar with the Buck stock market, I just don't remember. A coach getting a clear up stock, and me even asking about two in game one, I really don't think it's us just like being ready to, you know, jump on board the Griff train before the game even started. I think I was optimistic. I think we both thought, though, we have to see. That's all we kept saying, right? We got to see how he does. That's the thing with a rookie head coach. I thought overall pretty strong signs, even though there were, of course, some things that we would quibble with. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, it's going to be a lot of times it's just going to be movements based on trends. But we saw a lot of good stuff today that we can easily point out to be a coach decision. 100%. Now I'm really excited for like just the whole rest of the year because I did think just the fluidity they played with was just so fun for me. And it just made the game so – I just feel like we haven't always seen the Bucks play in that – not just that style, that multitude of styles – and I do think it makes for just fun basketball, plus the aggressive defense, the ball movement on offense. What, what am I? Am I? Did I just miss Bucks basketball, or was this a very fun outside of the bad, you know, the Sixers runs? But when the Bucks were going, it felt like a very fun Bucks are going game. It re- it was a fun Bucks are going game. Like we haven't seen an offense hum like this in a while. At times, obviously not throughout the entire game. Yeah, but at stretches we're like, oh my god, this is just a different different level. And it's just coupled with Dame's debut, thirty nine points, just leading the league in scoring. Game. I think. Oh, cool! MVP Dame incoming. That's hey, I'm I'm here for it. I was gonna say if anyone in the chat has any stock disagreements, but we've already got some ideas. Uh, Kelp says Jim Harden up. You know what? I thought a real take I had in this game. Pretty bad look for Harden because I thought their team looked a lot better with him not hogging the ball. I, I thought mean, Kelly Oubre was James Harden. Yes. And also just like I felt like Tobias. Tobias still. Tobias is hilarious to me because he's like, wow. Tobias Harris has four minutes where you're like, damn, Tobias Harris is hooping. And then he's gone. I, it's, I think Derek White is like this, but there's not many guys in the league where I'm just like, Wow, he! I forgot how good he is. It's like, oh, wait, it's been 20 minutes. Has he touched the ball once? But like uh, Maxie, of course, we know Maxie's good. We all knew Maxie would flourish without Harden. But I did think they looked pretty good overall without him on the ball so much in that game. Hmm. And then uh, yeah. Andrew says Nick Nurse up one. <laughs> Philly fans are in for a good ride. Do you see? Do you see? It, it was funny. Seeing the Raptors in the locker room after they won, I forget who they beat. Was it like it was like the Pistons or something? Yeah, uh, um, I think the Pistons Heat played. I think it was someone. Oh, else. you're right. You're right. I forget who it was. Yeah, but they played against someone. And it's like Darko got his first win as a head coach, and he's just like dancing and screaming in the locker room. All the players are shouting. I was like, yeah. this is such a stark contrast to last year. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh my so uh, somebody asked no Bobby Cheo asked no Bobby Portis movement. He did get an upstock. If I forgot, if I forgot to say that on the recap, that's my bad. Um, oh, they're sharing. They beat the Timberwolves. They beat the Timberwolves. Thank you. They're sharing uh, people. Apparently, people are joking about Giannis saying this is his team before the game in that sit down with Chris Haynes. He's lying. Everyone does. Steph said this about KD. LeBron's been trying to sell this about Anthony Davis for four years. 
He still can't do it. But no, it still doesn't hold up in the light. We all know. I, I, listen, maybe tonight it was. Maybe there'll be more push and pull. But it's, I mean, just for reasons beyond what happens on the floor, game to game. We all know it's Giannis. And so does Dame. I, to be clear, we've joked about it. I don't think there's any issue. I don't, there's any controversy. I think we're good. Um, I think the Bucks are going to be really good and win a lot of games and yeah. compete for a title and are maybe the best team in the NBA. I agree. Even though the Celtics are the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah, that's what I heard. Which was actually not yet invented when they won most of their championships. I heard Kristaps' 30 bomb was just the greatest debut anyone's <laughs> ever seen. The number one debut against your old team on opening night of the season. When I saw that, I was like, it's that it's that Thad Young graphic. Literally, like, I, Carter Rodriguez like, quote tweeted it just with that graphic. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so it's a great poll from both of you. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Carter. But like, uh, just it's just hilarious. Hilarious stuff here. I should probably tweet the stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, Somebody at Re- Rewind Decor, which I have some questions about that username, asked, what do you expect to see different in game two? I mean, I think it's not too much. Right, like hopefully just more Chris and and just more flow and fluidity. But I, I wouldn't expect to see wholesale changes. Although like, I like guess a firmer grasp on how the flow of the game is yeah. going to go in terms of how are you going to stagger Giannis and Dame. Just clarity on that. And also, we'll probably see different defenses depending on the opponent because this was clearly a very Embiid tailored defensive. Also, kind of hilarious that the coach of the Sixers is the one who drew up this strategy for Embiid. I mean, obviously, you know, doubling someone is not trademarked, but I think Nurses Raptors were the like probably famous in some senses for what they did to to Embiid. Yeah, for sure. Uh and uh for context, the Bucks next game is on Sunday uh against the Atlanta Hawks at home. Uh and then they have a back-to-back against the Miami Heat on oh. Monday at 7 again at home. Oh, it's Sunday, Monday. I thought you were saying after that. Oh, the heat back to back. That's gonna be that's gonna be trying, I think, for a lot of fans. But I'm still I'm so excited, man. We got Damian Lillard. We got Damian Lillard. He put up 39. Just he he did what needed to be done. Oh, what a game! What a what night, a game Rohan. Indeed. Do we have anything we have else? Oh, I guess not. Then. Right out of my I guess mouth. not. Then is what we're learning. <laughs> Shout uh, out to oh, real quick. So you're probably gonna say it. We're still at like 140. Yeah. Shout out to everyone people who's like been writing us. in the chat, been watching us live. Wow. We do uh, make sure you have notifications on because we do do lives uh, after like big things like this. Like we we went live after the Dame Lillard trade happened that day. Uh, we've done we've done live pods bef- uh, for big games and stuff like that. So just keep your eyes peeled. We we like doing this stuff and we hope you guys like it too. If you want more it's just lives, fun. we just feed fun. off the energy. We do. If you want more lives, subscribe to the channel, hit the like button, and then. Make sure, you know, go listen to the podcast too or go play it when someone else is around. Go to a function and put it on and say, hey, I, this this just dropped. Have you guys heard this? And then, boop, Eurostep yeah, Podcast you Network. It, tell a friend. Tell a friend, but we got to make sure the podcast keeps popping off as well. So, Yeah, for sure. Make sure you subscribe uh, wherever you are listening to this. But like, yeah, subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, check out all of our links at gspn.info if you're unfamiliar. We've got Packers, we've got Brewers, we've got a catch-all movie. Like we, 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 we have all your podcast needs covered, and it is time uh, for the Bucks season. And I just wanted to do that covered. again. I'm I not know. rushing you to be clear. I'm just having fun with it here. I know. I should. I should have worn a watch. Oh. 
Can't believe that from you. You're the watch it's guy. Good. GSPN's I watch guy. I know it's bad. I could run and get one, but we're we're <laughs> anyway. Uh, but yeah, make sure we're we're gonna have you covered all season long. Eurostep win in six. It's gonna be on the same feed if, on your podcast platform of choice. Check out gspn.info for all of our links, uh, including our Discord, uh, which was popping during this uh, the, this game. It's good to have the the Discord back full fledged during the Bucks regular season. Proud of our fans in the Discord for only giving up on the game fourteen times. That is actually a new record low for a Discord game. It is. So shout out to everyone in the Discord. For We're the, actually proud. The unmitigated positivity involved in that. Uh, but yeah, it's a great community. We'd love to have you. We we don't hate bandwagon fans. We welcome everyone uh, to Bucks basketball. And Pod Random, we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>